I don't know about you, but um, I've had the privilege of taking a number of road trips in my life. As a kid with my family uh, in middle school and high school ministry with my church and college and now with my own family uh, and my own children. And what I've come to learn in these road trips and in traveling is that there are two different kinds of people. There are destination people and journey people. All right, when it comes to traveling, there are destination people and there are journey people. And destination people are like this. They drive all night and they'll do whatever it takes to get there and to get there as soon as possible, making as few, if any, stops along the way. In fact, it, you might hear a destination person say something like this. Oh, you've got to go to the bathroom, huh? Well, you can either wait until we need gas or we've got an empty bottle, you know, if, it, if it's that bad, if it's that big of a deal. Uh, one time, uh, Jenny and I, with our kids when they were a little bit younger, we were driving. I don't know where we were going to. We were out in the middle of nowhere, and one of our boys had to use the restroom, and so we just pulled up on an exit ramp. I don't even know if the van came to a stop. And we slid that sliding door open. I was in the back and I just kind of propped one of the kids out and I angled them with the wind in mind, you know, because, you know, you got to keep that in mind. And before you knew it, we were back on the road and we were on our way to the destination because destination people are about accomplishments. You've got to get there. We've got a goal in mind. Let's get there as soon as possible uh, so that you can check it off of your list. But then there are journey people, right? And journey people love the journey. I mean, that, that's a big part of it. And they prefer the country roads over the fast roads. And, and journey people are about enjoying the experience all along the way. I mean, stop for breakfast? Sure. Uh, stop for some lunch? Great. Uh, Want to get some ice cream? You know, the more bathroom stops, the better. What, a scenic overlook? We better go check that out, all right? Because again, it's a part of the journey. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It's all a part of the experience. Now, when it comes to traveling or road trips, how many of you would say you're destination people? We got destination. Okay. How many of you are journey people? All right, so we've got a pretty even balance in the room. Well, when it comes to traveling, I would say I'm probably a little bit more of a destination person, but not nearly as much as my wife. Uh, let's just, you know, get there as soon as possible. And that's okay in traveling all. But let me tell you uh, where a destination mentality uh, can be not so good. Uh, can even become dangerous. One of the areas that we see this would be in parenting. I mean, I'll always remember when my eight-year-old son, Joel, was born. It was an awesome night. And to hear the doctor say, it's a boy. All right, and what great news for any dad, especially a first-time dad, to hear. What if my response in that moment would have been, hey, got my boy, got the parenting thing all figured out, check that off the list, you know, let's move on. I mean, you can see that in that type of situation, you know, the destination mentality, that arrival mentality can be dangerous because you know if you're a parent that you wake up every day and make a decision to be a dad. You wake up every day and make a decision to be a mom. I mean, anyone willing to say they've arrived there as a parent, you've got it all figured out? You know, some are doing a little bit better than others, maybe if you've got some more years invested, but we know that it's, it's a journey. It's something that you learn along the way. Uh, the same is true in marriage too. You know, Jenny and I recently celebrated our 13th wedding anniversary. And so 13 years ago, I said, I do. She said, I do. Suppose we were walking down the aisle together and I would have turned to her and said, well, got the marriage thing done and accomplished, figured out how to be a husband. Check, you know, check that off my list. Absolutely not. I mean, that doesn't fly. And if you're married, you know that it's something you have to work at. And you wake up every day making a decision to be a husband or making the decision to be a wife. I mean, Anyone willing to say you've arrived there, you know, as a husband or a wife, you've got it all figured out? No. You know, we don't say that because we know that it's a journey. It's something that you've got to work at. Now, it's just as dangerous 
as a Christ follower, as a follower of Jesus, uh, to have this attitude where we might be willing to believe or settle and say, I've arrived. Uh, I've got it all figured out. I've done what I need to do. I'm settled at the destination. And I'm not just saying that you think you're perfect or that you think you're sinless or something. I'm talking about when that subtle thinking creeps into your mind of, well, I guess I raised my hand and I got baptized and I go to church most Sundays and I give a few hours here and there, a few bucks. I'm a, I'm a pretty good person. I've arrived. You know, nothing else left to do. Um, there, there may be nothing more dangerous as a follower of Jesus, as a Christ follower, to have that sort of destination mentality that, that I'm done with this. I, I've got it all figured out. There's nothing left for God to do in my life. Now, if you've been around here for a while, uh, you know that we talk about the three C's a lot. Uh, the three C's are a big part of who we are at Genesis Church. These are three core experiences that we are always pointing to uh, for every single one of us. We call them experiences of being a Christ follower. We believe the three C's have everything uh, to, for what it has to do with what it means to follow Jesus and what it means to call this church your church. And so we describe the experience with the three C's, three words, celebrate, connect, and contribute. And if you're taking notes, let me tell you a little bit more about those. We, we celebrate here. Uh, we, we, we look at Sunday worship as a reason to celebrate, where we celebrate God and for who he is. But when we think about this core experience of calling Genesis Church your church, uh, what Christ wants for us, I, I believe that he wants the church for us. And that part of that church's experience is that we come together to worship, to celebrate. Now, it's not just what happens here on Sundays. I mean, it's the life that we live. It's the choices that we make even as we leave this place where we're growing in Christ every day because I'm celebrating the work that he is doing in me. Uh, we connect. That's the second C. We connect. And we're always pointing to groups. That connection groups are a big part of that experience. Uh, here at Genesis and for you in your life. Doing life with others. Whether it be in a connection group. Or serving alongside of other people on a team. Uh, you and I weren't created to do life alone. Uh, we were made for one another. We were made for relationships. And so connect is about this give and take of relationships. I'm not just on the receiving end, but I'm giving as well so that others may benefit in them, not just me. And the third C is that we contribute. Uh, we, we talk about contributing here. This is the giving and service side of things. That I'm giving of my time. I'm giving of my talents and my service uh, to this church. Uh, I'm giving my resources, my financial resources to the ministry, to the work that God is doing through this place. And so we serve with others, um, but we give financially to the work that God is doing through here. And I, I love how simple, uh, how memorable, and, and how helpful these can be. Celebrate, connect, and contribute. Again, three C's. They're a great guide for you as you seek to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. But again, they're also a great marker for you in what it means to call Genesis Church your church. Now, at the same time, I think we all have reason to practice some caution when it comes to something that looks so simple, something as simple as these three C's. Because again, if we're not careful, these three C's can become a checklist of sorts. And I think you could see how easy it would be to say, well, I go to church most Sundays, Got the celebrate thing down, check. Or, yeah, I signed up for a group and I'm there most weeks and so I guess I got the connect piece done, check. Or, you know, I, I give a couple hours here or there. I throw some money in the bag every once in a while. I guess I got the contribute piece all figured out. That work's done in my life, check. Now, these three C's, again, they're a great starting place for you in your walk with Christ. And, and they're a great guide for you in getting involved here, but they were never meant to be limited simply to a checklist. 
And so if you're at this place where you're looking even at these this morning, say, well, I got all those figured out. I've done each of those things. I mean, I think you can see how that destination mentality can be dangerous and, and really understanding and wanting, you know, this greater work that God wants to do in every one of us, that it never ends, that it always keeps on going. And just because you go to church regularly or just because you wear the name Christian or Christ follower, just because you're in a connection group again or, or because you serve it, it doesn't mean that you've arrived or that I've arrived. It doesn't mean the journey's over. I like what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, verse 5. I, I think I've got it written incorrectly in your notes, but it's 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. And Paul challenges the people of this church in Corinth, um, normal people, just like you and me. Here's what he says to them. He says, examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. And so he's using this moment to say, hey, I'm going to encourage you to kind of take a self-evaluation with where you are with Christ right now and even your commitment to your particular church. And that's what I want for each of us today. And uh, as we look to this date as, you know, kind of a standalone date and we're going to start a brand new series next week, uh, I don't want to race ahead to that next series, but what we do today really matters. It really counts, especially as we get ready to enter into a new season of sorts at our church. I mean, how would you right now define your relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you where you want to be? Uh, You know, what might he be wanting to do in you? What next steps might he want to take? Uh, in your life. And uh, in a little while, at, at the bottom of your notes there, you'll see a place that just says next steps. And there are a couple of blanks there. And if, if, if God's working on something new at any point through this service today, and you feel like he clearly says, hey, here's your next step. Here's what you need to do in your relationship with me or your commitment to this church. You know, maybe just write that down, but we're going to come back to that again. So, you know, where are you right now in your relationship with Genesis? But most importantly, where are you in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you where you want to be and and what might God have next for you? Again, as we enter into another season, um, I want to ask two questions of you today. And again, as we go through these, again, just kind of some self-evaluation for every single one of us. And one or both might apply to you and you can follow along your notes. The first question is this, is Genesis Church your church? I mean, are you at that place in your life where you would say, yes, I have a church. Genesis is my church. And if you've been wondering what does that look like, well, Hopefully this will help because it's one thing to call Genesis your church, but it's another thing to demonstrate it. Now, we encourage everyone at Genesis to practice these three C's. And and you get involved here by practicing the three C's. You grow by worshiping. You grow by connecting with others. You grow uh, by contributing your time and giving your resources to God's work through this church. Now, sometimes I'll run into people that'll say, hey, I really enjoy this church. What does it take to be a member here? You know, what does membership look like? Well, just let's be clear. We don't have church membership here at Genesis. We don't have an official membership program, never have. And, and maybe you come from a tradition where there was church membership. Um, I grew up in a church where, where we had church membership and, and you had to do these few things and, and, and fill out a form. And, and I mean, you know, it, it was more than that, but, but that's how you became a member of that church. Well, we've decided to go another route here at Genesis. We don't have membership. Uh, there are no minimum dues to be paid. There's no special program to go through or a form to complete. But don't think for a moment that we have lesser standards or a lesser calling of what it means to call Genesis yours. In fact, I'd like to think that it's really quite the opposite, uh, that uh, we have greater expectations. And for uh, my Leaders Edge friends, that we're raising the bar here of what it means to lead here and to call this church your church. And, and we're not apologizing for this. So maybe you're new and maybe you have been wondering, you know, how do I demonstrate 
What do I need to do to make it publicly known that this is my church? You know what we say? Prove it. I mean, it's just really as simple as that. We say, hey, if you want to call Genesis Church your church, prove it. I mean, just live that out in your life, as many of you are already doing, but prove it. You know, and again, that's why we keep pointing to the three C's. It's you being able to say, hey, I celebrate here and I come ready. I come walking into this place. You know, I'm ready. I'm expecting that God is going to do something in me as I celebrate. I'm prepared on a Sunday for the work that God wants to do in me. I'm connecting with others. I'm working at building relationships with others. Again, not just so that I'm on the receiving end, but I'm also on the giving end of those relationships too. And it's you being able to say, hey, I'm contributing to the work that God is doing through this place that I call my own as I give my time and as I give my financial resources to the work that God's doing here. And it's not one or the other. I mean, for you to call this church your church, you say, I'm into both of them. I mean, this is what God's called me to do, and this is how I support. Now, how do you make Genesis Church your church? Well, it's by practicing the three C's. It's celebrating, connecting, and contributing. How do you make Genesis Church your church? We say prove it. Just, just live it out. Just do it. As many of you are already doing, but maybe others are considering, prove it. Now, maybe you've been here for a year. Maybe you've been here for six years and you call Genesis Church your church. So what does this morning have to do with you? Well, it's the second question. And that is, are you growing in the three C's? I mean, how are you doing? Are you growing in each of these areas? I mean, it's a question uh, for those that have been walking with Christ for some time, but maybe you've only been walking with him for a year. You know, when you look at your life, do you see change? Do you see growth? Do you see maturity? Do you see this increasing love for people inside and outside of the churches? God growing inside of you a heart of generosity where you're wanting to give more and more to the work that he is doing. I mean, because we never arrive. And again, the Apostle Paul is a great example of this. I mean, if, I mean, if his words, you know, get in the Bible, it's got something to say about who he is and the work that God was doing in him and what God was speaking to him. And in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, here's what he says. Hey, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that, which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And so with these words, Paul's saying, there's no done in me. I've not yet arrived. Paul reminds us that no one arrives by simply going to church on Sundays or by putting X amount of dollars in the plate each week or even serving a couple of times a month. He reminds us that we are Christ followers. And as Christ followers, it means that we are continuously and constantly following him. I mean, the word follower implies motion. It implies movement, movement, implies direction. I mean, remember, it's about the journey. We, We are Christ followers and he is still moving today. And because he's still moving, I'm following and you're following. And as a church, we're following. You know, God, what is it that you want to do through us to reach more, to help people find their way back to God? Remember, it's not about arriving. We never arrive, you know, except for our salvation. But we'll talk about that more next week. But it's about the journey. It's about knowing him and wanting to be a part of what he's doing. So we say the three C's, celebrate, connect, and contribute. Again, they have everything to do with what it means to call Genesis your church. And they say a lot about the work that God is doing in you. So are you celebrating right now as you think about your life? Are are you connecting with others? Are you contributing? I want to invite you again to test yourself in these areas today, to ask yourself, am I celebrating? Am I connecting? Am I contributing? And am I growing in these areas? And so um, this morning, again, it's just about some self-evaluation. I mean, you're the only one that knows. What's God doing in your life? What does he want to do? Uh, what do you want to see him do in you? What, what does it mean for you? What, what's your relationship with this church right now? Where do you see going from here? 
How, how are you celebrating? You know, celebrating has a lot to do, again, with coming together on Sundays to celebrate, you know, his grace and his goodness. But, but it's more than just walking in this room. It's more than just making sure that we're here. Uh, Steve Wallen's on our team here at Genesis, and l- let's listen to what he has to say about celebrating. Fall Friday nights in Indiana can only mean one thing. High school football, baby. This is where teenagers, well, kids of all ages, really, get together, paint their chests, paint their faces, get loud and crazy for their hometown team. It gets loud in here. People are celebrating and going crazy. And in the fourth quarter, if the score's really close, it can get really loud. There. That's better. Now, what do you see? People are yelling, screaming, jumping around for a game that really means nothing. Don't get me wrong. I love football. But we get really excited for some things that are just temporary. In a year or two, most people won't remember what happened during this game or even the final score. Something that we celebrate wildly now will soon be forgotten. A pastor I know says that 100 years from now, the only thing that will matter is a person's relationship with God. Where he lived won't matter. What she drove won't matter. Just where they stood with God. When we think about that, we should celebrate our relationship with God. We should celebrate the fact that we get to have a relationship with God. But we come into this room on Sunday morning and we're different people than we were on Friday night. We're quieter, more subdued, more dignified. So there's this king in the Bible, King David. And and there's a story of how he and his men are bringing the Ark of the Covenant into the city of Jerusalem. Now, to David's people, the Ark of the Covenant represents the very presence of God. So they're literally bringing God into Jerusalem. And when when they reach the city, David strips off his kingly robes so that he's dressed like a commoner. And he starts singing and dancing and shouting for joy. And I always picture it a little bit like Elaine on Seinfeld. You know, he's got his thumbs up in the air, arms akimbo. He's just going crazy, making a fool out of himself. And, and David's wife sees from the window of their house what's going on. And so David gets home and the Bible tells us that she makes a comment. Now, I always just picture that David walks in the door and, and she doesn't say anything at first. She's, she's washing the dishes or whatever and her lips are pursed. And eventually she says, well, that was quite a scene you made out there, David. But, but David's response is interesting. He says, he says, basically, that was nothing. He says, I'll become even more undignified than this. David says, I will celebrate my Lord. Now, David understood that his audience wasn't the people in the town square. It wasn't even his wife watching from the window. But his audience was the one true God. And when he celebrated that he understood that God was watching and that it meant something to God, that's cool. David understood that he was going to celebrate something that was eternal. All too often, we don't take the time to celebrate what God is doing in our lives or the fact that we get to have a relationship with him. Sometimes we'll just skip church because we had a late Saturday night and we're too tired or we just don't feel well or maybe we just need some time alone. But when we come in this room on Sunday mornings, we should feel and think like King David. We should be willing to celebrate and jump and shout and sing at God's great wonders. We should understand that the only thing that matters, a hundred years from now, the only thing that's going to matter is our relationship with him. 
And just like on Friday night when we celebrate that football game, we should come in here on Sunday morning and celebrate the one true God, the creator of the universe, who is the only thing that's eternal. You call Genesis Church your home? Prove it. I think Steve Wong could give Dave Calabro a run for his money on Operation Football on Friday nights, don't you? But I love what he said. You know, 100 years from now, the only thing that matters is your relationship with Jesus. And when we talk about celebrating, our reason for celebrating is our relationship with Jesus. It's, it's remembering how good he is. It's about his grace and his mercy. It's his work and his faithfulness. It's about the enthusiasm that we bring in here with us, not setting aside that maybe we haven't had a great week, but it's about coming prepared. I'm coming expecting God to do something new in me. Uh, Celebrating is more than simply attendance on Sundays too. It's learning to celebrate, you know, Monday through Saturday, you know, in everything that you do. Celebrating takes on new dimensions uh, in our life as we find ways of celebrating him, whether it be through reading your Bible or, or, or prayer or other disciplines like journaling, fasting, or solitude. Again, it's giving God space to do his work in you because he wants to do a greater work in your life. You know, remember... You know, when it comes to this relationship with Jesus thing, it's not about a destination. Like, we get there and we're done. There's nothing left to do. It's about the journey, uh, that we keep growing, that we keep following, that we keep asking God, what is it that you want to do next in me? And so uh, we say, do you want to call Genesis Church your church? Prove it. I mean, especially in this area of celebrating. Are you ready to grow in this area of celebrating in your life? Do something about it. Prove it. The other question we ask is, are you connecting? And maybe, again, as you do some self-evaluation here, some testing, how are you doing in this area of connections right now at Genesis, of the give and take of spending time with others, building relationship with others? Uh, Josh Tandy's on our team here. Let's look at what he has to say about this. Whenever I meet someone new here at Genesis, I like to ask them, how do they hear about us? Why are they still coming? Or what is it about this place that brings them back? And thankfully, they talk about the welcoming environment that we have here. They, they talk about the great volunteers that we have in the parking lot, at the doors, at the info of the cafe. They talk about the culture of just being accepting and open here at Genesis. And, and to me, that's a great encouragement. But as that conversation continues, I, I realize that maybe some of their motives for church and maybe some of my motives for coming and being a part of a church are a little off. They share that they're looking for a place where they can be anonymous. Maybe they're coming from a place of, of pain or a difficult time in their life, and they need a place where they can just come and worship. And I think that's a great thing. But ultimately, when do you stop hiding? When do you really start to engage and realize that healing might come through connecting with others? There's a time and a place to come and be anonymous, but I think eventually that time ends. The other common theme that comes up in these conversations about why you come to church is that they're looking for a place to be fed which is a very common and and really a good idea that they want to be in a vibrant place where they're challenged spiritually. They want to be pushed by by solid teaching and a a great worship environment that allows them to really understand God and worship Him fully. That's a great thing. But ultimately, it's a very individual thing. If we want to be fed, we're looking for someone to meet our needs. And when we have this mindset, we're limiting what church can be. Because we may be missing the opportunity to serve others. We may be missing the opportunity to minister to other people and therefore be ministered to by them. When it's all about us, we're missing it. And we're missing out on what God may have in store for us. Sometimes even getting to church is a challenge. This is especially true for families. Maybe you know what it's like to get a couple kids ready in the morning. 
to get them fed, to get them dressed, and to get them out the door on time. Even getting here is an accomplishment for you. But maybe you, you are like a lot of people. You come here, you go to church, and you come in, you grab a bagel, you head into the auditorium, you grab a seat, you stand up to sing some songs, and you listen to a sermon. And then, like most people, you rush on out of here. You head down this ramp, and you go down to the parking lot, and you go home. Now, maybe for you, you've got a schedule that demands that you get going, and we're really glad that you decided to make part of your weekend here at Genesis. But for a lot of people, I think we're missing out on a crucial component of what it means to be a part of this community, what it means to follow Jesus even. We're missing that opportunity to connect with other people. Following Jesus does not include isolation. You are not meant to do this alone. Here at Genesis, when we talk about connect, we're talking about those authentic one-to-one give-and-take relationships. And I think it's very natural and easy to think of connection groups, our small group ministry here. And in connection groups, that's a, that's a great place to connect with others. It's a great place to worship God with other people, uh, to learn from others and to teach others with your life. But it's not the only place to connect here. Maybe it's in those informal, one-on-one conversations you have. You've met someone on a Sunday morning, you've learned their name, and, and you want to go past that. You want to go past the simple handshake and how's the weekend going. Maybe for you, you're in a connection group, and you want to you connect further. You want to connect deeper, and so you're looking for ways to lead. And so you approach your group leader and say, I want to be an apprentice. I want to be someone who's in training to lead a group of my own. Or maybe you're serving already. You're serving on a ministry team, and that is a perfect opportunity to connect with others, to bring others alongside. Because here at Genesis, we believe so strongly in the connect piece, we're making it a priority. If you are calling Genesis Church your home, you need to be connecting not only with God, but you need to be connecting with other followers of Him. You need to be connecting with others and sharing your life with them. And if Genesis Church is your home, prove it. You and I were created for relationships. Uh, we, we were made to do life with other people. Uh, are you connecting at Genesis? Is God growing you here in this way? I mean, you can come here anonymous, but you can't stay anonymous forever, all right? You can't stay in hiding forever with us. And so part of calling Genesis your church is being on the receiving and the giving end of these relationships. And we think one of the best ways to experience relationships here at Genesis is through a connection group. Uh, connection group is 10, 12, 15 people who get together regularly to eat, uh, to watch a game together, to do Bible study together. Uh, one of my most memorable connection groups is we played full contact kickball uh, one night in our backyard and, uh, and had a great time doing that. Uh, but maybe in addition uh, to being a part of a group, your next step is to go out and find one or two close friends that you can meet with regularly for accountability. Maybe this is the next step that God wants to do in you. Maybe it's the way that you contribute to your group, that you go and you're prepared. And, and you're going, again, not to be just on the receiving end, but to be on the giving end. And when we talk about praying for those in your group, you do that. I mean, when you leave, I mean, you, you actually make it a point to pray for them. Uh, and, and connecting is so important to the heart of this church. I, I can't tell you how many times I have talked to people who have said there was just something immediately different about this place when I walked in. And even when I pulled in the parking lot, I could just tell that there is something special about this church. And I have to tell you that if we're going to preserve that, it's going to take every single one of us. 
And I think we're doing a great job in that area, but we've got more work to do. It's going to take every single one of us to preserve what is so special about this place, and that is being a welcoming, authentic place for everyone that walks in here. And so we say, hey, if you're calling this your church, prove it with us. Keep proving it. You know, if you want God to do something greater in your life in this area of relationships and accountability and connecting with others, do something about it. Prove it. Uh, The last thing is, are you contributing? Again, contributing means to give your time, your talents, and your resources to God's work through this church. Are you contributing? Uh, T-Rock is our resident hip-hop artist and Jen Kids director, and it's her birthday tomorrow, all right? So if you want to remember that, but watch this video from T-Rock. To contribute here at Genesis Church means to use your talents, passions, and resources to help others find their way back to God. Ephesians 2.10 reads, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We were created by God. We are his handiwork, his masterpiece. And we were created to do good works, not out of guilt and not for salvation, because salvation is free but to do good works out of the overflow of our love for Jesus. We all have a calling in our lives, passions that when we're working in them, it doesn't feel like work, but feels like an extension of who we are. What are your passions? What has God called you to do? First Peter 4.10 says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So you ask, what does it look like to serve others here at Genesis Church? You might know my answer. On any given Sunday, it takes anywhere from 150 to 200 volunteers to make Genesis Church run. And 60 of those volunteers are here in Gen Kids. What would it look like to volunteer in Gen Kids on the cafe team, the host team, or the parking lot team? Well, all you need is a willing heart to share Jesus with everyone that walks through these doors. Can you play with cars, color, pass out snack, greet people, shake hands, or make a good cup of coffee? If you can even do just one of those things a little bit, there are people here to help you do them better. And let me tell you, when you work in your gifts, you'll experience great joy the joy of being God's masterpiece. Do you want that joy? Do you want a sweet connection with Jesus? Do you want to operate in the gifts that he has given you? Do you have a willing heart and understand that Jesus has called you to contribute? Are you ready to call Genesis Church your church? Prove it. I love the verse that she shared in Ephesians 2.10 that says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. That means that he has planned, that he has purposed, that every single one of us will join him in the work that he's doing to help people find their way back to God. And so he's given us these gifts, and we are called to be his hands and his feet through this church. Now, uh, every once in a while, I'll hear people say something to the effect of, Well, I heard about such and such. What's Genesis Church going to do about that? 
Ladies and gentlemen, I have an announcement to make this morning. You are the church. We are the church, okay, every single one of us. And, and we've got a whole bunch of people that contribute around here generously with their time and their resources. And so when we talk about contributing, we're talking about serving. Uh, and it's about everyone who calls this church there serving alongside with us. And you find a place to participate, whether it be with Gen Kids or with our students or on the host team or in the parking lot. And uh, contributing for you might mean extending yourself beyond this place because contributing isn't limited to this building. But maybe the next work that God wants to do in you is the way that you serve the people who live around you or a ministry here in this community or serving at your local school. Uh, If you're currently uh, in a leadership role here at Genesis, maybe for you a next step is that you are inviting someone else to come alongside of you as an apprentice so that you can teach them and enable them to do what you do. Maybe it's giving more time. Maybe it's giving more effort to what you do. Now, contributing is giving of your time, but it also means contributing of your financial resources. You know, let me be clear. Contributing for us means serving and giving financially. It's not one or the other. God's word is clear that for us as Christians, we are commanded by God to give our time to serve, but we are also called to give generously of our financial resources. Now, Genesis Church, this is an unbelievably generous place, and the work that God is doing here through your giving is really very remarkable. And many of you give regularly, and sacrificially and generously to God's work through this place. And many don't. And many continue to take a pass and really cheat God out of the gifts that he expects from each of us. And so this contributing piece is a great indicator for where you are with this church right now, but it's also a great indicator of how you trust God and whether you put your faith in him or not. And the Bible says that God loves a generous giver. So I mean, do you call Genesis Church your church? Are are you contributing with your time and with your financial resources? I mean, do do you call this church your own or want to? We say prove it. You know, prove it with your giving. Prove it with your time in this area. Prove it by saying, God, I want you to do something more in my life, and I'm I'm trusting you with this area of finances. I'm I'm trusting that they all come from you, that they're all from you. And when we say prove it, don't Please don't take that as an arrogant statement or whatever, but, but it's true. Too many times we're all guilty of saying we want certain things or we're going to do certain things, but we, we never prove it, do we? We never take the steps that are necessary. But I want to challenge you this morning to do something to demonstrate your intentions. And that's why we're, we're, call, we're saying when it comes to calling Genesis your church, prove it. And it's the three C's that celebrate, connect, and contribute. You know, that your participation in each of these demonstrates your intentions. And it's more than just what you think or what this church means to you. But again, it has a lot to do with God, what God is doing in your life. And so before we close, you've you got a worship program. And if you want to get that out and look at it, there's a place at the bottom that just says next steps. And this is for you and you're not going to turn this in. But, but I hope that you'll test yourself in this area. I hope that you'll do some evaluation. Again, where are you with Genesis? What's your relationship with this church as we enter into a, this fall season? Uh, and where are you in your relationship with God right now? I mean, what's he doing? What's he been doing? What is he wanting to do? What do you want to see him do in you? And there may be some things for you to write down. Uh, maybe something like, this is my church. And I want this for my life. I want this for my family. I want to help people find their way back to God. And so maybe it's a greater commitment to worship. Maybe it's a uh, connecting with others. Maybe it has something to do with the whole contributing piece, with giving of your time or giving financially. You write down what you feel like those next steps are for you. Uh, Maybe you know and realize that your priorities have slipped and you've been around this church for a long time and called it your own and for good reason, but you know that you faded from the scene a bit. Uh, And maybe it's time to get back in the game and you just write down, get back in the game that you took a break from serving. It's time to get back in, to get back in the game and 
to be on the team and to serve with us. Uh, If you're new to this church, uh, if you're new to the Bible, if you're new to this message of Jesus and maybe a friend invited you here or you found this place on your own, uh, we want you to know that you are welcome here. I want you to know that you can take as much time as you need here. Uh, I want to encourage you to think about a next step. Maybe your next step is to keep coming. Uh, Maybe your next step is to get into a group. Maybe your next step is to serve on a team and to build some relationships with others. The important thing is this. You know this. Take your time. You take as much time as you need here if you're still seeking in that relationship with Jesus. But if you're a Christian and you simply go to this church on Sundays and you know that when you're honest with yourself that you really have no intentions of getting involved, of serving, or of giving. In fact, when we talk about expansion or we change service times or do different things like that, you just maybe get upset. I want you to know this morning that I'm giving you permission to go. And again, I don't say that arrogantly, um, but if you're at a place that all you know you're ever going to do here is just be here on Sundays and contribute nothing else, I just want you to know and realize that this might not be the place for you, all right? Because we are not going to apologize for who we are. And we know this mission of helping people find their way back to God is of urgency. And we have no time to waste. And we're not going to apologize for what we're doing as we keep moving it forward, advancing God's kingdom right here in this community because we know that it's going to take every single one of us. And God wants to work through you and he wants to work through this church and he's got even greater things in mind for us. The next step for you, you know, God, maybe this is my church. I am ready for you to do a greater work in my life. Maybe that's what you write down. Just take a moment if you would and then we'll, we'll close, we'll pray. Is there something you need to write down this morning? Is there something that God is saying to you? What's the next step for you? Take a moment and then I'll close and we'll pray. I can't think of a better time than now for you and I to really grasp and understand our relationship with Jesus Christ and even our relationship with this church. And even as we uh, pause and remember 10 years Uh, Since the tragic events of 9-11, I'm reminded of one thing, that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Absolutely. That Jesus Christ is the hope of the world and that, therefore, that, that verifies our mission of helping people find their way back to God and there is great urgency in that and it is gonna take every single one of us as we move ahead, as we seek to continue doing our work right here in Noblesville, even as we look a year ahead and think it is a real possibility that we could have a second location where we're helping more people help their find, find their way back to God, that it will take every single one of us. Is this your church? You ready for God to do something greater in your life? Prove it. Let's pray. God, I thank you for each person here today. And I, I want to say that I love this church and I am so thankful to be a part of it. And I am grateful for the bold steps that this church has taken over the years and continues to take for you. And God, we are here before you to do your work, to respond to the mission that you've given us. Uh, And we pray that you would help us as we seek to follow you, to help people find their way back to God right here in this community. Uh, Lord, uh, would you ask that question of every one of us today? What's next? What are the next steps to take? And I pray that we'd be bold and courageous enough to take them. You're worth it. We thank you for Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and it's his name we pray. Amen.